Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you worldwide from Megaware Keelguard Studios. Hey, 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 Bass Edge Nation. Man, I hope you enjoyed the FLW Cup. What a freaking event that was. Real exciting. Everything going down over there in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We're going to talk about that more in the September 1 episode. For now, we've got the Red Crest Championship coming up, Aaron. And it's going to be a little bit cooler up in that neck of the woods. I think we're starting to see some slight transition from the good summer bite to the tough summer bite and now hopefully here in the next couple weeks moving into the fall bite in some areas of the country yeah it's hot i mean so hot my pool steams i mean it's hot dude (laughs) (laughs) you should have been standing on that boat for uh four practice days and several competition days there in in, uh, hot springs (laughs) yeah exactly and i'm sure if anybody listened to either of you or my comments they would not feel sorry for either of us after making such comments you know we're talking about pool and being able to fish but i can't imagine i mean you know the hydration and everything uh had to be brutal it's a great weight loss program (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah also known as uh getting acclimated i'm gonna put your butt in a sauna the next time for like six days that way you can just get ready and keep it on 130 (laughs) degrees but hey we digress one thing we haven't digressed on though is who has always made this show possible from day one and that is megaware keel guard talked about it many times sure you get tired of it but we never get tired of talking about them because they're quality people they make quality products Make sure you check out all their products that Megaware offers by simply visiting their website at keelguard.com. Aaron, we are going to move right into this episode. So much going on today. We've got a uh, special guest as well. But before we get there, before we move on to the uh, next couple segments, we always have the protecttheharvest.com tackle tip. Stay tuned. This is going to make you a better angle. This episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with FLW Angler of the Year, David Dudley. My tackle tip is dealing with the wacky worm and wacky worm setup. When I choose what style hook I'm going to fish with, I always use a 2 aught round bend is my choice of hook, straight shank. When it comes to the line setup, I like 15-pound braid with most of the time eight pound fluorocarbon, eight or 10, depending on how much cover I'm around. I do like a medium heavy rod. I don't ever use anything below a medium heavy. I believe in getting that hook past the bone and I don't think you can do that with light rod. I'm gonna use that fast spinning reel, something in the six to three gear ratio. A lot of times when you're throwing it, they'll take and run with it quicker than the reel can catch up. So I'm gonna use a really fast spinning reel for the setup and that's basically it. Just use good judgment on your line, whether it's eight or 10, use a stiff rod and a big hook. I don't like using those little salmon egg hooks that a lot of people use, those little octopus things. I mean, you may as well be trout fishing if you're using it. That bass don't care what size hooks up there he ain't shying away from it so that's my tackle tip for you guys awesome david i appreciate you giving us that tackle tip brought to you by protecttheharvest.com 
First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Livewell, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Well, Kurt, you have uh, certainly been around traveling quite a bit one of those stops was ICAST which we are just now catching up with you know certainly yeah, yeah. you were uh, very busy running the operations and show for Hayabusa get to make some cameo appearances there at our friends at Megaware Keel Guard did you have any time to be able to kind of pull your head out of the trenches and, and look around as far as what was happening and, and the new stuff that had been introduced yes I did have some slight chance to peruse the many items and booths that were available at ICAST. Let me say, Aaron, ICAST wholeheartedly now really a media show, right? Lots of media there, you know, talking about what's going on, anglers looking at what's going on, retailers understanding what are possibilities to put on their shelves coming up in the next few months. They'll be making those key purchases to provide consumers the hottest new stuff in 2020. And for that matter, in the fall of 2019, some of it already hitting the shelves. We've got uh, several things out there that are readily available that are new 2020 products that that have been released here just over the last couple months but uh you know previous episode aaron we talked about the troll motor wars plenty of that going on as we all know whether it's the uh motor guide garmin lawrence trolling motors all those folks getting involved trying to get a piece of the mincota Altrex marketplace which i think we discussed before everybody's got an Altrex it seems at this point um at least all the pros do a couple guys using some other models but now now, lots of choices, right? Yeah. You know, I'm anxious just with the interface, right? With the graphs, what's coming out on the new Bass Edge boat is the live site. So I'm curious, did you get your hands on that at all or just more or less get to look at it or kind of what was No, I, I did jump on the tub with the Lowrance trolling motor, completely impressed with the brushless models. And, and I, I don't want to dive too deep into it, but definitely impressed Lots of stuff online. You can read about it. The Lawrence trolling motor was really impressive. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out once production models are put into place. And they're looking for delivery coming in October time frame with the first batch of 47-inch shafts there with the Lawrence Ghost. You just brought up about Ghost. Uh, I was just wondering if you happened to uh, see that spider 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Phantom Spider. So actually, I was drawn to this lure as well. I think many folks were, but Lunker Hunt came out with the Phantom Spider. It's uh, basically like a concept of a topwater frog, but it's a spider. It's got, you know, all these little appendages and they're kind of wiggling around on the water as you're twitching it through. And uh, it's a cool bait, man. It looks really neat. Something different. You know, we talk about how bass can become conditioned this being a little bit different concept on the top water frog hollow body type bait so that'll be interesting i also saw talking about top waters hula popper which we talked about earlier oh, yeah. as yeah. throwback throwback <laughs> well the hula popper 2.0 now available they've got the uh feathered treble hook on the back so they got some cool new colors they modernized the whole color system and what they're calling a crackle back with some of the, the little things, but also dressing it with a feathered treble. So uh, that's cool for the yeah. old original popper now available for in sure. the 2.0. Uh, just to run down some other quick things I think people should be aware of. Strike King coming out with tour-grade fishing line, fluorocarbon, braided line. Strike King usually does stuff pretty legit. So definitely looking forward to trying some of that fishing line there from Strike King, the tour-grade fluorocarbon and braid. Um, the Ned Rig blew up just completely. Like, the Ned Rig was a player the last several years. Obviously, it's, it's a more and more utilized technique, but I mean – Frickin' gone wild. Ned gone wild. <laughs> like, like everybody was lifting their shirt and showing everything they got on the Ned rig. Oh, it was gosh. Uh, unbelievable, brother. I think every plastic company came out with new Ned baits. I think nearly every hook company, including Hayabusa, came out with a new Ned hook. None to be outdone, of course, by Hayabusa's Brush Easy, the new 1.0 now available in a 16th and 1.10th size uh, with a dual weed mono guard. You can't tell that I spent a lot of time in my booth there. Oh, I was going to say, man, that's that's, that's pretty impressive. You must have written that product description. <laughs> I write them all, actually. <laughs> but yeah, so lots of cool hooks out. You know, Hayabusa, we got, we got several other things. Hayabusa, of course. Make sure you check those out on our YouTube site. iCast, as typical, check it all out online. Don't get caught not knowing what the new hot bait is because you don't want to use it when everybody else already found it. You want to find it first. So checking out all those rods, reels, all kinds of craziness. Um, lots of toys for anglers to play with from iCast. Yeah, no doubt. And certainly we didn't even get into uh, some of the other things like apparel and eyewear and all the other things that uh, make our lives more enjoyable and hopefully more successful, right? If we're going to spend the money, yeah. we want to at least uh, be able to enjoy it and have some success. But speaking of success, I think you have a uh, person that has spent a little bit of time on the podium last few years. Yes, a five-time winner and recently switched over from the Bassmaster Elite Series to the Major League Fishing Pro Bass Tour. Wait till we break down his stats from 2019. Hang tight. We're going to be right back with the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Hey, Bass Edge Nation. This is Mark Lassane. I'm BASS Pro, Brandon Card. I'm Jordan Lee. This is FLW Tour Champion, Andrew Upshaw. I'm Chad Hoover with Kayak Bassin TV, and you are chilling with Bass Edge Radio. importance of protecting your investments so why use anything else other than the original and toughest diy keel protector for your boat mega wear keel guard grinding sand abrasive rocks and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology mega wear keel guard keel protectors are made tough 
and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Bass Edge Nation, this former BASS elite angler, has carved out a niche on the new Major League Fishing Bass Pro Tour events in 2019, cashing checks in six of eight events, qualifying for the inaugural Red Crest Championship, not to mention he's going to be fishing in three of the four made-for-TV MLF Cup events. You'll be seeing a lot of professional angler Stephen Browning on TV very soon. Stephen, thanks for being with it on the show today. Well, Kurt, Aaron, I appreciate you gentlemen having me. Well, uh, after listening to Kurt read that off, holy cow. I mean, that is uh, crazy consistent performances, Stephen. You know, you had one top 10 in the BPT this year and really showed off your talent with the new format. Did you have to adjust this year to continue your success in the BPT format as you know it now? You know, guys, strangely as it might sound, I never changed as far as my practice, you know, routine. We get a day, almost a a little over a day and a half of practice for these events. And, you know, I never really got off the gravel road, so to speak. I stayed on the pavement the whole time, you know, during my practice. I just practice exactly like I've been practicing for the I don't know, 24, 25 years that I've been fishing, uh, you know, at this level. So, no, I really haven't done anything to put a point on, you know, what I can uh, hang my hat on the success with. Sure, sure. Well, obviously, whatever you had been doing previously and continued on, it is working. And uh, (laughs) that's always good to see. You know, there was a lot of chatter early when the BPT started and how guys would relate to the format. What's your overall feeling now? You've got a year under your belt. You fished Eight events. They're different. Now, I want to be sure listeners understand the BPT events, as Stephen just mentioned, there is some practice period there, whereas the cup events, little different scenario, no practice in the cup events. So with the Bass Pro Tour format, how did it feel, man? Did you feel any different than what you had been doing, like you said before, the last, you know, 20, 25 years? <laughs> well, I will say one thing. It is the most stressful level of competition that I've ever been in. And the deal is this, you know exactly what everybody's doing. You watch guys, you see where they're fishing. If they're catching fish in an area and you're not, you must change. You have to do something different than what you're doing. There's no doubt. And i tell you what it did for me. It allowed me to adjust quicker, make changes quicker. I'm one of those guys that carry 20 rod and reels in the boat with me. Right. I just do. You know, I have for years and years and years. I mean, I take my rod storage out of my out of my boats, out, out of my Triton every year, and I just shove as many as I can in there. I carry a right. lot, of, lot of tackle with me. It's mostly shallow fishing stuff. So, you know, the one thing about the BPT deal is you can practice offshore if you wish. You know, you get that extra time for practice and you can go try to find you some offshore stuff which uh, we saw a lot of that at the table rock event that's right but you know i've got a one cup event underneath my belt you know and uh jiminy crickets guys i thought the bpt deal was was <laughs> stressful the cup is like 10 times stressful because there's no practice 
And right. uh, that's probably the biggest thing that I need to I hopefully learn something from the first cup event that I participated in that I can carry to the next two events and hopefully be even more successful in those last two events. That kind of leads me into my next question. Do you feel like there's some adjustments necessary to be successful at the cup events now that you have one under your belt? You know, everybody thinks, oh, well, the BPT format so different. And, and I really felt like it was going to be a little bit of the same when you really read the rules and understand what's going on you mentioned not changing a whole lot you get some practice period you get to those cup events that gum you know it's launch the boat and get after it totally different deal right. right and you know what the common factor in both of them what i feel like is getting off to a good start and the reason I say that, you know, with the BPT format, with the practice, you better land on your best deal. I mean, you, you've <laughs> right. got to get in there and you've got to get in the fight. You know, I mean, it's like a, it, you know, it, it, it's like a boxing match, man. you got to feel things out, but you also want to land a few punches. On the cup event, let me tell you right now, it's almost a must to land on something. And it's all of a roll of a dice, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's you're trusting your gut. You're not trusting what you did in practice. You are literally trusting your gut, your instincts, everything that you've learned about bass fishing and uh, that particular creature. You're trusting that right out of the gate, and you've got to go with it all day long. Well, it's interesting to hear your perspective as a competitor, you know, Stephen, on that. What's your take on the adjustment, you know, from the fans understanding and viewing the BPT format? In other words, you know, do you feel it's working flawlessly, or, or do you foresee changes and things evolving moving forward to year two? you have any thoughts on that? You know, probably the biggest thing that I hear from the fans is, you know, the big fish deal. Uh, you, you guys aren't catching a lot of big fish. You're not catching this. Honestly, what my message to them would be this. This thing is only about eight months old. I mean, you have to realize that, number one. Our scheduling was based on who we could get at the quickest point in time. You know, I mean, they were flying by the seat of their pants. And what I mean by they was the management and, and tournament scheduling people and really and truly us as anglers and the uh, the whole organization. I mean, we threw this thing together so fast, so quick that I think it did have a lot of head spinning. The other thing is this. When you go out and you fish a body of water, technically, it's only as good as it's going to be. I mean, guys, there are the best tournament anglers on the water that particular week. If that lake's going to generate a lot of big bites that week, if it's a big fish catching week, they're going to figure out how to catch them. Honestly, I don't think our timing on the lakes that we went to was not very good. And hopefully that will change in the future with, you know, trying to schedule events on quote big fish lakes at the right time of the year. And I think that's going to be the big thing that hopefully the future will hold for the BPT format. Now the cup format, it's no practice. You're scratching and clawing and trying to get all you can get. So it may continue to be status quo, so to speak. You know, a big one shows up, it just shows up. But honestly, I think with two days of practice, with the BPT format on prime lakes at the prime time of the year, you're going to see better quality fish being caught. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm hoping. My deal is I'm just asking everybody to be patient. It's new. We're learning. You know, I like the format. I like the, if you catch a one pounder, you're rewarded for it. I hope that doesn't change. And I also hope that they don't put a cap on, on as many fish as you can catch. I think that needs to stay the same. And that's another thing that I hear, you know, the fans talking, oh, well, you know, it's you get tired of watching them catch one-pounders. Well, I'll promise you this. If guys go out fishing and they go out fishing for a day, 
when they come back and they tell their story for the day, they go, we caught 40 and we caught them up to six pounds. They might have caught 39 one-pounders, but they caught one six-pounder. You know what I'm saying? So it's a deal that it's a story. And, and we're trying to tell a story through a different format. And I just think that uh, if those naysayers will be, uh, you know, just be patient with us as far as the big fish being caught. You're going to see some in the future, I'm pretty sure. That is a great perspective, Stephen. I couldn't be in more agreement. actually. Um, you know, there's going to be changes, not necessarily changes in format or anything like that, but changes that the organization's able to make. You know, as you mentioned, I mean, we're, we're in the infancy of this style course. You know, Major League Fishing was successful because of the cups, because of the made-for-TV programming that the selects and cups we're That's all right. about. That's what made the excitement, you know, being able to adjust that to a live format where people can click online and watch what's going on. There's going to be some things that are tweaked, not necessarily format wise, but just overall with the organizational structure, that's going to make it more positive moving forward. I, I, there's no doubt. There's no yeah. doubt. Like I said, gang, it, it's only eight months old, you know, but be, be yeah. patient. Be patient. They didn't build Rome in a day. <laughs> That's right. And if, and if they could bottle up that feeling that you described previously, everybody would buy in real fast because the excitement, the intensity, man, let's be honest. If, if you had a 40 year career, if you throw Rick Clun on this and he's been doing it 40 years, then he'd probably look a little bit different today than he does because it's There's a whole no different level. Of that. And I'll be honest with you right quick, man, the days off that we have on the BPT deal, it's right. kind of nice. I mean, yes. it really is. And that being said, it won't say it's easier during the competition on your on your body, but your body has time to recover. And it is a sport. And you guys know, I mean, yes. it is truly a sport and you have to, your body needs to recover Doing this type of format four straight days in a row, your career would not be very long. And and, and I'm just telling you that that it's honest. I mean, yes. it really is. The stress level in this competition is by far the, the most stressful of any type of format that has ever been out there. And once people grasp that and once they see that, I think they will definitely have a better understanding and more of appreciation for this type of format. You bet. I couldn't agree more. I see some things that, you know, I feel like will be tweaked. Things will, will be adjustments and, and nothing but positive things in the future for the format. Let's move on real quick to the Red Crest Championship. we got that coming up. Just a few days, the inaugural championship for the Bass Pro Tour, the Red Crest Championship taking place in La Crosse, Wisconsin on the Mississippi River. Steven, this type of fishery fits your style shallow water, moving water. Your history shows the past four events you fished there between 51st and 39th place in the Elite Series events that you fished up there. Bets are going to be, you're going to be a contender. You're going to be right there in the mix. How are you going to be able to push this battle that you have in for the title? What are you going to do to make this work for Stephen Browning to bring home the Red Crest Championship? This is a deal with that body of water. I've always got off to a pretty strong start, and it seems like at the end I dwindled down okay. quality-wise, you know, quality fish-wise. Now, knock on wood, I, and I, I shouldn't put this out there, but I'm going to put it out there because I just <laughs> have a lot of confidence in that style of fishing and, and where it's at and in and, and myself. I normally catch a lot of fish. That is one of those places that – three to three and a half pounders you have to have those to be able to compete in a five fish limit That's 15 right. to 18 pounds is really really big but number wise 
that place has a lot of two to pushing three pounders in it. And, uh, you know, I tend to catch a lot of 12 to 14 pound bags there, but mm-hmm. number wise, I catch a lot of fish. You know, I honestly feel like it's going to be right up my wheelhouse. I really do. And the best thing about it, more times than not, they're not going to make you fish the same body or same area, you know, multiple sure. days. I've got experience from, you know, pool eight, nine, and 10. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll move us around. That's what I'm hoping. I've not heard anything just yet. You know, even though the vent is just days away, sure. I've not heard, you know, what bodies they're going to put us on or anything like that. So I'm just hoping that they move us around because it will allow me to fish more freely, not have to worry about saving fish for the next day and things like that. And, you know, it's going to be the same for everybody. And I'm just saying this about, I'm going to say a third of the competition is probably already eliminated just because of the body of water that we're going to. And, uh, I mean, at, and, and I say that respectfully sure, because sure. sometimes I, I'm almost eliminated whenever we go to certain bodies of water <laughs> because they just throw me that big curveball and I keep swinging and keep missing. But uh, there's just certain bodies of water that guys, I mean, they're jacked up to get there. Other bodies of water, you're like, oh, really? We got to go back there? Right. I honestly think there's about 10 of them that'll be going like, crap, man, I wish it was on so-and-so. Yeah. You know, I wish we were going, you know, smallmouth fishing in the Great Lakes instead of over here on this stinking river. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like, you know, my odds will be a little better than normal as far as trying to push and get into that championship round and trying to, you know, to come out on top. Well, certainly once you get to the championship round, that is the goal. Once you get there, all possibilities happen, especially with Stephen Browning. We look at some of your wins You've had some amazing final days. You look at some of the open wins that you've had, and uh, it's going to be an exciting format, obviously. Uh, Stephen Brown is going to be there in contention. We're going to take a short break, pause in the action. We're going to power pull down. Bass Edge will return with Stephen Browning right after these messages. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the power pole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift. PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole. Swift. Silent. Secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio presented in part by Mercury Marine returns with MLF BPT angler Stephen Browning in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high-performance marine products for oil that surpasses all manufacturer's requirements. Be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. It works. Steven, it's no secret for folks and fans that follow your success. You've had amazing success with a vibrating jig. Looked at your social media over the last several months or so. You like the jackhammer vibrating jig. Is it better than the original? What makes it better? You're looking at what used to be a seven, eight dollar bait to a fifteen to seventeen dollar <laughs> bait. How do Bass Edge Nation, you know, pull the extra money out of their pocket? Chatterbaits come out with a lot of different series. You know, they got the pro series, this series is that series. What's the difference in all this stuff, man? I know that you're well. <laughs> You know, this is a big deal for me is, is is actually the type of water that I'm fishing. And the, the reason that I, I feel like the jack camera is probably the best overall, if you had to just 
go buy one. That would be the one, even though it is twice the price. The biggest thing about a jackhammer is you get it around wood, it stays hung up. That's probably the biggest complaint about any type of vibrating jig is you get it around wood, it's going to get hung up. The jackhammer, to me, just comes over that wood a little bit. I can fish it through wood way better, way better than any of the other, you know, series of chatterbaits that Z-Man makes. The one thing that I would tell Bass Edge fans, listen, save you money, go buy one. Whatever your favorite color is, go get you one and just compare it yourself because I promise you, instead of buying two or three of the other ones, you will probably end up saving that extra dollar and going and getting a jackhammer. The deal about the jackhammer is this. The metal on the head is a different style of metal. It's a harder metal than the lead. So what actually happens, you get a sharper sound. Now, I don't know if it's that sharper sound that grabs the fish's attention quicker. I don't know. The other thing is it has a more consistent going off track coming back to center, a hunting action to it than some of the other chatterbait series that Z-Man has. And that's what a chatterbait does. I mean, it hunts, and if you work your rod tip, change your braid of speed on your reel, it'll make it dart off. And I mean, you watch bait fish, and you watch them, they're always darting, whether it be a bluegill, a shad, they'll swim, and then they'll just decide that something spooked them, so to speak, and they dart off. That's what the jackhammer does at a more consistent rate than any of the other. And uh, I had probably one of the best trips yesterday, my son and uh, another guy and I went, and it's 90 degrees outside, guys. The water temperature's in the upper 80s, low 90s. 153, and probably oh 130 God. of them were on the chatterbait yesterday. Unbelievable. Wow. I mean, it, it was, I mean, one of the most incredible they just bit. We caught the coming in of a front here in Arkansas, and that was cannibals. That is a legit that one was 153. We're going to have to talk after this. I'm trying to get my YouTube channel really popping here. I think that right. might do it. I'll the, keep it undercover. I won't tell anybody where right. I'm at. <laughs> right. We were shooting a lot of things, uh, a lot of new baits that I had for iCast. And uh, we ran the gauntlet through all the different new baits, new rods, new reels, new this, new that, and tried to get a little snippets on everything. That was one of the, the reasons of the trip was for the uh, social media channel stuff. Us. And um, man, we picked that jackhammer up, and it was just like, oh wow, oh <laughs> wow. And then, and, you, and the next thing you know, we're like, oh, we haven't done anything <laughs> here lately. But it, we just got caught up in the moment, and uh, we spent ten hours on on the water yesterday with that jackhammer. And seven of it was strictly jackhammering, and uh, <laughs> it, it, it is a deal. You just have to trust when we say it's not a sales pitch. I promise you, right? It is. Right. It is a real deal, and it, you know, it just has it has better components the line tats the hook on it it's just everything's designed to have better hookups to work better it's just a you know the jackhammer is a deal and you're just going to have to trust me on this one save you money go get you one especially of that favorite color and uh and just try it i love your response sorry Kurt, yeah. were you gonna say something i'm just thinking here i'm i listen to steven talk and i'm always analyzing what our anglers are talking about and what they're saying and and one thing i think is important to ask steven is trailer you know you've got so many trailer options you know and you've seen so many successful anglers use different trailers you're one of the most successful using this techniques what's steven browning's preferred trailer for different times of year I use two. You just said, Kurt, there's a ton of different trailers out there. 
I use two, and that's it. I use a, uh, a Z-Man diesel minnows. It's a four-inch paddle tail style, and then I use a razor shad, which is the fluke style you know, bait on. And and the deal is on the diesel minnows, it will make that bait ride about six to eight inches, maybe even a foot at a higher rated retrieve mm-hmm. and than that uh, razor shads. And, and like I said, the razor shads, it'll allow that bait to run just a little bit deeper. So depth is a big, big key, whether you're bringing it over the wood, whether you're putting it up on top of the grass, beside the docks, whatever you're doing with it. You know, that trailer just allows me to fish a little shallower or a little deeper. Gotcha. Good stuff. Man, I appreciate the in-depthness of your descriptions there. And one of the things, Stephen, I should have pointed out, actually, when you first came on, but I got so mesmerized by uh, the list of accolades <laughs> that Kurt was reading off, is, you, you know, you're one of the only a uh, handful of pros with an education in, in fish biology. And I find that very interesting because, like you said earlier, it's not a sales pitch. You gave very descriptive answers on, on why you do what you do. And I'd like to get your thoughts on this next one as well. When it comes to fishing shallow cover and kind of looking for those winning areas. What commonalities do you see that really afford you the ability to catch better quality fish than most other anglers? Well, you know, Aaron, the biggest thing for me as far as quality fish in shallow water, a lot of times that fish will not bite on the first cast. A lot of guys will blow through areas, just blowing and going and hoping that you get that reaction bite. A lot of times a better fish, especially in shallow water, most of the time they need that extra cast, maybe two or three extra casts to get them to bite. I grew up on the lower Arkansas River and we fished shallow water practically all my life, whether it be Oxbow Lakes, the river system itself. And the one commonality that I always saw was the better fish most of the time did not bite on that first cast. It was like you see a stump, you see a log, you see a clump of weeds, you see a little lay down. It was like pick it apart. You have to pick it apart. You have to make those multiple presentations, whether if it be pitching, flipping, cranking, chatterbaiting, whatever it is. Most of the time, they needed a little extra enticing. A big fish, in my opinion, they don't just gorge themselves on little bitty stuff. Little bigger baits, multiple casts, and that seems to be the equation on how to get that better quality bite, especially in shallow water. Awesome stuff there. I love it. Again, this goes back to what Aaron just said, the detail of that and, and being able to give this information and educate the angler so that they can go out and be productive fishing, whether it's wintertime, springtime, summertime. It's going to be real critical as Bass Edge Nation goes out there and uses some of these tips and techniques. You know, you talked a little bit earlier about ICAST going out there, testing some of the new products that were uh, revealed and some of your sponsorships and, and working with some of those products. Live Target, one of your partners, they have some amazing looking stuff. I just got to say. <laughs> I mean, hence the name, Live Target, right? Consistently, right. they're iCast award winners. I mean, the last several years, they are consistently at the top of the game when it comes to uh, award winning lures at iCast. Every brand seems to have a couple baits that just tend to work exceptionally well, right? I don't care what brand it is out there. If you're a professional fisherman or a weekend angler, you can list five or six brands and maybe two or three lures with every brand that you know your buddy jacks them on and you catch them really well on. And what are those lures with Live Target? Pinpoint baits that you really rely on most out of their lineup. For me, anytime that the water temperature gets up and beyond the 55 degree mark, and if you don't 
don't have a live target frog on, somebody else probably will have it on, and they're, and they're going to be catching more. You may be getting more blow-ups, mm-hmm. but I promise you, they're going to be getting the same amount of blow-ups, but they're going to be catching more. The frog, in my opinion, is without a doubt, and you guys are probably froggers. Everybody's a frogger. Heck, man, the hookup ratio on that bait is by far, in my opinion, the best. And I, and I've played with them a long time. Like I said, I've been I'm a shallow water kind of dirty kind of guy. The frog stays on the front deck anytime the water temperature gets to 55. It just does. And the other one that if I just had to pick one out of the hat on it, uh, they make a cool, cool series in the bluegill bait. Now, granted, I don't throw a lot of bluegill style baits until really after the spawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just feel like that's the best time that bass react to the bluegill. They got a bluegill wake bait. They've got a bluegill square bill. They got a bluegill that has a little round bill on it. Just a lot of different little applications. That to me would probably be my number two bait without a doubt. And you will see, I'll show you some uh, clips from our fish catches yesterday, the bluegill wake bait. And again, it was a uh, one of those deals where water temperature is 90 degrees. And I mean, they're just choking it. So uh, those two baits, without a doubt, in the live target lineup have a constant role in, in my success throughout the course of the year. Steven, let's talk a little bit about that live target frog in detail. I've actually used the frog before. It seems to have... The last one that I used, which is, you know, I'm a frogger. I remember fishing some bluegill beds with a live target frog specifically, and it seemed like the underbelly of it was a little harder. So it rode well and actually almost made like a little slap on the water as you twitched it sometimes. Talk to us a little bit more about some details on that. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is what they did is when they began the process, they never build a bait and put hooks on it. They get the best hook that they can get and that frog has a a tremendous hook in it i mean it's big it's nasty the gap's just right and then they built the frog around the hook we got the hook right list the frog right and and that's what they did in the curves and everything that they that they put into it if you'll notice it it has two little legs that protrude out just slightly that's where you get that little extra slap that's where you get that little extra noise, that little extra action. And it's not that the legs are doing anything. It's just how that water, how that hydro wave comes off that body of water that just spits that little extra out. And it just gives it just a little different action than, uh, you know, just the standard straight smooth body bottom frog. Yeah, and I always felt like that little bit of slightly harder material in the belly gave a foundation for when the fish bit that the top of it had a foundation to be compressed against, and that helped that hookup right. That's exactly right, and that's the biggest thing. When you say compression, Kurt, it's actually when that bass bites and when you set the hook and everything's coming, the amount of gap between that hook point and the base of when that bait compresses it has to be a pretty good gap or you'll never penetrate that fish's uh, mouth, even though you're throwing it on 65-pound braid. You know, people will sit around and go, how in the world did I miss it? Did you see that strike? Well, nine times out of ten, it's probably the construction of that frog. 
you know, I've heard it, gosh, man, thousands of times of how much better guys hook up with that live target frog. And, you know, the biggest thing was I, I was super excited when uh, we came out with a popping frog. We didn't have a popping frog for, gosh, way too long, so to speak. And, uh, you know, we finally came out with the popping frog. So now we have, we do have the walking and the popping. So, you know, it's a perfect one-two punch with it. Well, that's great stuff. Unfortunately, I, I want to keep this going. And so what we're going to do, Stephen, normally we only do one listener question. This time we're, we're going to overwork you, make you work a little overtime <laughs> for our... Awesome. Yeah, you're doing such a good job, you know? Um, so anyway, well, it's... That, yeah, listener question segment brought to us by Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Our first one actually is from Rick Harris. And Rick wants to know, when fishing shallow hydrilla, what are the scenarios when you should pick up a swim jig versus a chatterbait? Also, what type of line do you prefer, braid or fluorocarbon? Rick, the deal is, for me, I'm always going to start with a chatterbait. Anytime that I'm around any type of grass, vegetation, you know, hydrilla especially, because the deal with a chatterbait is when it loads up on hydrilla and you pop it through, that's when it's going to come unleashed. And, uh, you know, again, I start with the chatterbait. The only thing that makes me switch to a swim jig would be the fact that if I need to drop that bait in a hole, a lot of times if you drop a chatterbait in a hole and you're trying to bring it back through a, you know, a pretty heavy uh, vegetation scenario, of course, it's got some working components up there on the blade and, and the snap and everything that tend to grab the grass. So a lot of times you're going to get it balled up. So I would prefer a swim jig if I'm having to drop it in a hole, work it through that hole bring it through that thick grass, clean it up, and, uh, you know, continue to swimming it back to the boat and dropping it through the holes. Chatterbait, to me, I want that fish to come up and uh, get it off there. So once I hit that little edge of the holes, and I'm going to pop it through, and hopefully that fish will come. So it's kind of a one-two punch, depending on how thick the cover is, how you need to present that bait. But nine times out of ten, I'm going to start with the chatterbait and then go to the swim jig. As far as braid versus the fluorocarbon line, I, again, tend to start with the fluorocarbon line on the chatterbait. That's just simply the setup that I normally have. There are times if, uh, you know, the fish tend to be a little bit bigger. If Say, for instance, if I were fishing a five fish limit deal and I've got some big ones located in some grass, I might lean toward the braid a little bit. I always throw braid on my swim jigs. I don't know why. That's just what I do. But uh, as far as braid on a chatterbait, I start with fluorocarbon. If I can't get them out, then I tend to go to the braid. And the other thing is on braid and those two particular baits, if it's around a lot of wood, I totally avoid the braid because I don't want that braid anywhere close to wood because you can't bring one 90% of the time. You can't, if that fish runs around a, a piece of wood, it's going to be hard for you to get that fish to come out because that braid's going to dig in that wood. Cuts grass wonderfully. It's not a chainsaw, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. I like that. So here's the uh, next question. This is perfect. We got the Red Crest coming up in Wisconsin. Jim Rigatano, I believe. Jim, sorry if I butchered I, you your name. It. No, you hit that perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Jim fishes mostly in Wisconsin, where bass share water with some toothy fish. In the spring, Jim will run into some muskie in the summer and some of the weed patches are going to hold pike. If he pulls up on a spot and starts catching the toothy guys, he wants to know, should I leave or should I stay? He says, I always wonder if these toothy fish displace the bass as a top predator, so possibly I should move on. Or is it 
situation where their presence is a sign that the spot is a good hunting grounds and the bass will still be there? You know, I, I would say that a pike, a muskie, a toothy critter tends to feed on the exact same thing that, uh, you know, the bass do, especially up in the north. I mean, they're not crawfish eaters. They're bluegill and shad eaters and other game fish eaters. The toothy critter are. So nine times out of 10, you're probably in the right area because of the presence of bait fish. You may have to change, kind of get out and mill around a little bit around in that particular area because I feel like that is a key area in game fish and, and predators. And bass, to me, is a especially the quality fish, they're not going to let a pike or a muskie bully them around. I can promise you, they're a little sneakier than that. So I'm sure there are bass in the area, probably just need to peck and hunt around because uh, you'll notice that when you're catching those pike, when you're catching, I haven't caught a lot of muskie, a few muskie, but when you're catching those pike, especially around the grass, and that's kind of where they like to be as well, there are bass right in that general vicinity, I promise you. They really are, and they, uh, you know, sometimes it, it may be a deal where you just have to branch out just a little bit. Don't go just totally abandon the area. I think you just need to, to hang out in the area just a little longer and hopefully maybe change up baits, change up tactics, because I'm pretty sure if there's enough bait fish in there for a toothy critter to be around, there's going to be enough for, for the bass to share with them. Fantastic information, Stephen. Thanks for answering those questions. Uh, Absolutely. We, Rick and Jim, one more thing that we need from each of you is uh, you need to basically log on and click the Claim Your Prize segment on BassEdge.com. Fill out the information so that we can get your Bass Edge gift sent directly to you. Simply letting us know that you heard your question answered via the website or our social media outlets. Either will work. And Bass Edge Nation, we appreciate you keep sending in those questions. It's always great to hear from the listeners love getting these questions on the show send those in support at bassedge.com that's the email address or you can comment on our facebook instagram and twitter media pages we will try to get as many of those as we can on the show well steven uh, really appreciate you taking the time to be on this episode of bass edge radio feel like we got the master's class on uh, the topics that we covered today <laughs> any final thoughts uh, for bass edge nation you know guys i just you know i Again, just going back to the BPT and the MLF format, and the, you know, change is good sometimes. I think, the, you know, I've talked to a lot of a lot of the FLW boys, a lot of the Bass boys at ICAST last month, and, and, you know, everything's positive. I just hope the fans will be positive. Support them all. I do. I mean, I, I try to fish Bass Opens. If I can fish a uh, Costa event, I'm going to go fish those, a BFL, just whatever. Professional fishing is a sport just, you know, be patient with us. And realistically, man, I mean, changes are good. It doesn't matter if it's in schools, industry, workplace, you know, change is good. It makes others take notice and uh, and make changes to better those that are participating in them. And the one thing that I never am is, is negative. And, and to hear a, a fishing fan be negative towards something else, it just, it's like, come on, you know. So uh, I just hope and pray that everybody uh, just stays positive. And, uh, you know, I think everything's going to work out just the way it's supposed to work out. And uh, in the future, we're going to have more people involved. And that's the key. We want these kids that are growing up in school to be fishermen. 
to be fisher girls. We want that instead of being, you know, gamers and, and things of that nature. So no it's an industry that needs our continued support and uh, it is growing. We just all need to be positive and let's help it grow, you know, even more. That's right. For the good of humanity, keep fishing right. the young kids, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's uh, awesome advice. Steven, I'm going to send you off with our final segment. This is just a little fun deal. We do four last questions for you. Uh, You have been on the road and will be on the road for many, many weeks this year. When you get home, what is your favorite home-cooked meal? Uh, if I just – normally when I get home, it's it's deer steak and mashed potatoes and gravy. Whatever the vegetables are and the sides, it doesn't matter because if I can just have those two, I'm all good. More steak, more deer, more potatoes. That's party right, <laughs> right. there. I like it. Okay, so you're on the road a lot, as we mentioned. What is your go-to travel snack? Probably sunflower seeds and a Mountain Dew. It gets me to the next stop more times than not. So I would definitely, I'm, I'm always packing, and, and those two are definitely in the ice chest and on the console. Awesome. Okay. If you are a lure, now this is a crazy question, I know, but if you were a lure, what would you best represent? Probably a crawfish because I kind of like to dig around in those places that people normally don't get to. And, uh, you know, a crawfish tends to kind of feel his way around on the bottom and kind of turns over rocks and gets up underneath rocks, you know, unlogs and things like that. So he's an explorer. And that's kind yeah. of what I like to do. <laughs> that's cool. That's that's a good one. I like that. And the final one is, I know you've been working with your son, Bo. He's been out there fishing the opens and some trails there in Arkansas. What have you found the toughest thing is to teach a youth angler? You know, guys, probably I'm, I'm going to say two things, if that's okay. Number yes. one is just patience. I see a lot of kids that they'll get impatient and fish overfish a lot of times. And I'm not going to call Bo out on this one, but yesterday we fished right through an area that was primo primo. Ended up coming back to it later on in the day and just, I mean, smashed them. But had he been just a little bit more patient, I like to let him run the trolling motor. Mm -hmm. And that kind of gets us into the next deal. And that's boat positioning. Uh Young kids, they tend not to see what's underneath the water as well as a person that's been fishing several years. To me, that's probably one of the toughest things to teach them is allow their imagination to see what's underneath the water. And that's if it's a ditch, if it's a stump, noticing that little darker spot up underneath the water allows you to know that, hey, that's a stump. I need mm-hmm. to back off and I need to, you know, position my boat this way to, to make a cast and, and properly present my bait. My boat needs to stay out there in that eight to nine feet of water. And the next thing you know, they're up there at six, eight, nine's where you need to be. That boat positioning is, is a big, big key. And sometimes at a young age, it's hard for them to really visually see what they're actually trying to present that bait to. Well said. Moms, dads, youth anglers out there, make sure you take Stephen's tips on those two things. They're certainly going to make you a better angler. Man, Stephen, thanks for being on the show, pulling for your success over there at the Red Crest Championship. Well, thank Looking you. Looking forward to watching that in the very near future. Guys, Bass Edge Nation, stay tuned. We're going to be right back. We're going to close out this awesome episode. Appreciate you being with us. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard. 
Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare KeelGuard Keel Protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare KeelGuard, SkegGuard, FlexStep Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick, MegaWare KeelGuard. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Kurt, so much information, no need to regurgitate a lot of it. One thing, one quote that stuck out was Stephen's comment when he said, never negative, stay positive. And that's a good principle to live life by, to fish by, whatever. That kind of hit me and took it to heart, you know? Yeah. My whole motto this year is uh, work the process, you know, follow the process of the day. Don't get too caught up in yesterday, tomorrow, whatever. And I think when you do that, you keep positivity in front of you, right? You know, just as Stephen was talking about, you know, specifically with youth anglers, you know, he talked about a couple of things about speed, about boat positioning, but so often it's easy to get derailed by a mishap here or a mishap there. But um, just following the process, knowing that's the way it's supposed to boil down on that particular day or maybe that particular week is really important. And, you know, Stephen, been around this industry a long time. You can tell, obviously, from his interview, guy is a no joke. He's been lots of TV time. I mean, you could throw it back to the Bassmaster TV days, Bass Tech, and a couple other shows he was on. He won hundred grand on a survival show a few years back. So uh, Stephen's been all around this outdoor industry and very successful, obviously, in the uh, fishing world. Over million dollar winner, by the way. Nice. If you want to get some good experience, stay tuned. Every episode, Bass Edge Radio bringing you the best anglers in the business. Some of the new anglers, some of the experienced anglers, but man, you put all this information that we're trying to provide everyone and you and I, Aaron, are getting at the same time. I mean, you know, just trying to dissect these questions as deep as possible possible so we can really get a better understanding of how to catch more fish right here on Bass Edge Radio. Yeah, I've said it from the very beginning. This is totally selfish motivation on my part. This is all about me trying to be better. So uh, <laughs> I love the position that we find ourselves in and hopefully Bass Edge Nation enjoys it as well. But uh, we've got to shut this one down. We will soon be approaching September 1st. Hard to believe, Kurt. My daughters have already started school. So anyway, for those that are out and about, hopefully you're getting some time on the water. But until next time, for Kurt Dove, I I am Aaron Martin. Be sure to stay up on all things Bass Edge via our website, BassEdge.com, or social media. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. We'll see you next time right here on Bass Edge Radio. 
Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lawrence Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.